Don't Call Me Girl Boss is about sharing women small business owners' real, unfiltered, and relatable business journeys in Texas and California. I am your host, Jessica Ray Buck, a small business owner myself. I interview amazing women who share exactly how they got to where they are today. I hope this encourages anyone listening to start a business or get better in the business they are in. Hello, uh, thank you for choosing to listen to another episode of Don't Call Me Girl Boss. I am super excited about the guest that we have on today. She is a huge influencer here in Austin. She has over 50K followers. She has a super clever Instagram name. I love a play on word words, and she has that. Um, it is Chelsea. She Her Instagram handle is one shell of an adventure, which is so cute. She started out as a travel blogger and has kind of turned into a lifestyle blogger, and she'll go over all of that in this episode. I am super excited for you to get to know her. Um, Before we get into that episode, a little bit about what's going on with me. You know, I don't know. I'm just adjusting to my son being in daycare, which is awesome. I am so much more productive. I am looking for a new manufacturers for my tanning products that are going to be launching. They have already launched, but we're going to be revamping, reordering, and the manufacturer that we currently have just isn't getting the price points that we want. So I'm looking for a new one, and that is a mission in itself. If you are wanting to develop product, there is no secret way. You have to Google, you have to go down the rabbit hole and just hope to God you find someone that could do what you're looking for. Alibaba is all Chinese manufacturers. They have great products, um, depending on what you're looking for. But I would always say start at Alibaba and kind of see what you can find, what you're looking for there. Their price points are obviously going to be the best. Um, And then from there, you can go to thomasnet.com. They have a lot of manufacturers and then just Googling Honestly, I've Googled so many things, gone down so many rabbit holes and just reached out to so many people, got so many no's, but that's just what it is to manufacture a product if you are very specific on what you're looking for. So yeah, I'm on that journey right now. I got to pick out models for a product shoot that we are doing at the end of probably July and I'm super excited for that and just like looking for models And seeing who would be a good face for Sunless Ray was just a dream come true. And I'm really excited to just go through that experience and grow and learn and just see these amazing photos and what I can accomplish as a brand that I started out as just spray tanning in the back of my car in Orange County, you know, doing $20 tans, you know, to being here and picking out models and finding manufacturers and actually having money to back up the things that I want to do is just insane. And I want to remind you that if you are wanting to get to this stage, this is seven years in the making. This isn't an overnight thing. And it is a journey and it is a grind, but it can be done. But I just want to make sure everyone knows this is definitely not an overnight thing. I definitely put some miles on my car. to say the least. But yeah, that's what's going on with me. I'm really excited for 4th of July weekend to relax and spend time with family. But enough about me. Um, Here is our guest, Chelsea. Like I said, she's a blogger in Austin. 
She's super nice. I really like her and you're going to as well. So without further ado, here is Chelsea. Thank you for spending your morning with me. Of course. Have I know you to. have a million things I'm sure going on. You know, it's, it's busy, but not too bad. Yeah. And I know you recently went full-time into blogging, right? Yes. Yep. So how long has it been now? I think it's been, so I full-time was like right at the beginning of April. So I think I'm like at right at 90 days and I feel like I'm finally like getting into my groove of things, like, like figuring out, you know, a schedule and like what tasks I need to be doing and all the things. So how did you, did you just tell your work like, Hey, I'm going full-time in myself or how was that conversation? that conversation, I was having so much anxiety about it because I like hate letting people down. And I'm like, was so ingrained in everything in that company. Um, so I like told them and I was like, but I'll stay on to help you hire and train, you know, thinking like four weeks max, it was like nine weeks. Wow. I gave my notice, uh, like February 8th and my last day was April 2nd. (laughs) I know. <laughs> I can't believe you stuck with it that long. I know. I know. I felt obligated because I said I would help. And I, I mean, at that point, I like didn't, you know, I don't know. Did they try like, to fight for you to stay and be like, hey, we'll give you a pay raise? No. I mean, they knew like, and I'm glad they didn't because I didn't want it to be like a temptation. Like I was ready to do my own thing. Um, and they knew that. So yeah. And looking I was making, back, are you like, thank goodness I did that. My blogging's like, I have more time to do stuff. Yes, absolutely. Like the free time or like free time's not right, but the freedom of time mm-hmm. that I have now is just so nice because I'm like a very efficient person. So like I work like straight for like five or four hours in the morning and like get so much done. And I do that at my old job. And then I'd be like, kind of sitting around. And so now like, you know, I control when I work and when I don't have to. And yeah, so it's been great. That's awesome. I remember when I first spray tanned you, Yes, we talked about it, like, I think like a year ago and you're like, but they give me a company car. I remember you saying like that. Maybe longer. I mean, it was even ago. longer. Yeah. Cause I've been in my new place. You went to my old place and I've been yeah. in my new place for almost a year and a half. So wow. Yeah. Time just 2020, like threw off my time. So I have no idea anymore. I know. I know. I like, yeah, I was ready to go. I was really set like December of 2019, 2019. I would like made up my mind. I was going to go full time. And then Alex, my now fiance was coming back. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it a little time to get settled. We're moving together, blah, blah, blah. And then the pandemic hits. It was like pretty fortuitous that I did not quit then. Um, yeah. Cause that would have been super stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean like a year later, I guess is kind of when it happened and yeah. That's awesome. I'm so happy for you. I know that's such a Thanks. huge step to know when to do it. Yeah. And is there a certain amount of money that needs to be in my bank account to do that? There's just so many things and everyone's so different with it. Yeah. My biggest thing was like, I had enough in my savings that I was like, okay, if worse comes to worse and I make absolutely no money, which I can already for, I was already forecasting money coming in, but like I can support myself for like six months. 
Um, and I'm like, you know what? I'm employable. I have great experience. Like I can find a job in six months if like shit hits the fan, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, with the forecasting, I could see like what was going to be coming in in the next like months. And so that was a huge factor. I was like, oh, I'm making more than my actual job and I love it. So wow. we're going to do that now. So what, so I know on your Instagram, it kind of talks about like a few different things. What do you say is your biggest thing that you focus on? Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Everyone says you should like niche, niche, niche or whatever. Um, You know what to do. Yeah. Everyone's different. I started as travel obviously. Um, but when I moved, so I started when I moved to Australia. Um, so I lived in Sydney, Australia for a year. And that's when I started my blog. And then when I came back, you know, I went back into the workforce and I was like, well, I'm not traveling anymore. (laughs) So it was really hard for a little bit to like, kind of figure out what to do. Um, So I started kind of sharing more lifestyle, more Austin, like my Austin following has grown a ton. Um, And at this point, I just kind of like to share what I like Mm -hmm. and what I think might be helpful for other people. If it's not, it's not, but that's, you know, I'm like, I just was putting so much pressure on myself to only do like, you can only do travel and that's just not me. And so I'm an anomaly. I'm like, "Eh, I'm all over the place. I will post like wedding stuff one day and then travel the next. And then like food. I don't know. Well, I know a lot of people will say, like, if you listen to podcasts, they'll say, you need to find your niche. You need to find your niche to grow. But like, I think if you're just authentic to yourself, that's the number one yeah. thing that you could do, because if you were just doing travel, that wouldn't be authentic to yourself. It, you know, you're not just constantly traveling. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and like the pressure to do that, especially when I was working full time, like I, I couldn't do that. Um, yeah. and it's expensive. So. I know you it's are expensive. able to get trips comped and stuff like that for doing work. Yeah. But I mean, I'm sure you still, you not still always, do. you know, yeah. um, well, let's take it back a little bit. Where did you okay. grow up? I grew up all over Texas. Um, so Houston, born in Houston, San Antonio, Houston, Beaumont, San Antonio, Austin. Wow. I know. (laughs) Um, so I came to Austin for college and then I stayed and worked for a year after I graduated. Um, and then I moved to city and then back to Austin. (laughs) What brought you to Australia? Um, so when I, when I was like in call or when I graduated, I had no idea what I wanted to do, like absolutely no clue. Um, and I was recruited by Oracle mm-hmm. and to do like business development is what they told us. And I was like, I don't, I don't really know what that means, <laughs> but a ton of like my friends were going to be in this program. They like hired literally hundreds of grad college grads and they were like, going to pay really well. And so I was like, sure. And turns out it was like cold calling and cold emailing, which I, <laughs> hated. And I was kind of like, I wasn't doing that well in it and I'm not making excuses for myself, but I was set up to fail a little bit. Like we changed my team specifically changed managers like two or three times. We got our territories changed. We were in like big tech in California. So it was like a small little BDC, like trying to get into Sony to make them buy a hundred thousand dollars. Like I was never going to meet, you know, whatever. So that was really discouraging. And I was like, I am over this. I always wanted to live abroad. I'm going to go do it. And so I ended up being, um, I wanted to initially go to Spain, but the visa situation with being an au pair 
um, doesn't really work. Like they don't consider it a real job. And so I kind of have to like border hop and like, it could have been sketchy. So I decided on Australia, never been there. Um, I found a family online, like through. What? Okay, Wait, so you found a family, you need to explain that. <laughs> so it's called like, it's basically like care.com, okay. but all pair world. And so you like match with families and whatever. And so I Skyped with this family and they were amazing. I loved them like from the start. And my mom was like, oh, hell no. Like you're dead. <laughs> you don't know who they are. And so then she Skyped with them. Like I like, we Skyped again with together and she was like, okay. And so, yeah, I like literally moved to Australia to live with this family for a year. Wow. I know. Crazy. Um, so that is crazy. I like started my blog. Like I had my website, um, from a school project. It was just literally like WordPress dot Chelsea Bancroft dot whatever. Um, so like I got that back up and really started to like keep up with friends and family, um, while I was gone. And then I started to kind of like look into it and was like, Oh, this is the thing people do like blogging and travel blogging. Um, so really I just kind of randomly fell into it. And then, um, I realized I could get like travel perks. Like sometimes I get 50% off like a hundred dollar tour. And so, you know, that's all I cared about. Like I didn't ever think like, this is going to be my business. Um, I was like, cool. I can stay at this hostel for half off in a private room instead of like, cause I was making no money basically. And I just wanted to travel and yeah. So when you moved to Australia, were you working too? So I was an au pair. So I was a live-in nanny. Um, oh, okay. so I lived with the family, like all my expenses were paid for. Um, and then I got like 300 Australian dollars a week. Um, and I worked full day, three full days, two half days, and I would babysit in the evening. And then the rest of it was my free time. Um, what made you choose to do it that way versus, is that just what you found the most practical for your financial situation? Yeah. Yeah. So getting, getting a visa, like I just, I wanted everything set up when I got there. Like I, yeah, being able to live with the family, like having people I know, you know, not living on my own in a completely foreign country, trying to find a job. Cause at the time, again, I still had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, but I knew like I was a good nanny, a good au pair. Mm-hmm. And I was like, sure, let's just go do this. And yeah. And what did you get your degree in, in college? Um, <clears throat> I started as a photo major. And then when I moved to UT, I was advertising. So both of those kind of play in and yeah, kind of like worked out when you look back in hindsight, but at the time you're probably like, great, (laughs) what am I going to do with these things? Yeah. I knew like, I didn't want to work at an agent an ad agency, um, ironically, but I just like, didn't know. I, I didn't know. I didn't know what I wanted to do. (laughs) And so when you were in Australia and you started your blog, what were the first three things that you knew you had to do? So there are three things I did and three things I wish I had done. So the three things I did is I started posting more on Instagram. Um, My photos at the time were like, not great. (laughs) What year was this? This is 2016. Okay. So like, it's not that they weren't great. It was just that like, 
you know, they got the heavy yeah. filter and it just was like a different style. Mm-hmm. Um, I changed my blog to be like my blog name uh, or like one job an adventure. And then I kind of started to like look into like being a blogger kind of, but really I was just willy nilly posting. I was posting things like from trips I'd taken like 10 years ago and the posts are awful. Like I've redone a lot of them like last year when I redid everything. Um, but they just were like, I, (laughs) yeah. So (laughs) the three things I would suggest is SEO, like learn everything you possibly can about that before, because I spent hundreds of hours redoing my website because I had no idea about SEO. Mm -hmm. Like the title tags are important. It tells Google like what the post is about. I would use title tags as just like, because the font was bigger. And so it'd be like, you know, I would have something like pin on Pinterest in an H2 tag, which is like the main, it's supposed to be the main thing the post is about. And I'm like, looking back, I'm like, oh God, well, no wonder. And I'd like, (laughs) I'd try and come up with like catchy names for it. Like I did, (laughs) I did this, um, I went on a whale tour in British Columbia and I literally just posted the photos. It was like a photo dump on the website. And I called it like a whale of a time in British Columbia. <laughs> and I'm like, it's going to search for a whale of a time. That's so Columbia. true. And if someone's listening and they don't know what SEO means, that means search engine optimization. Oh, yeah, sorry. No, no, no. It's okay. And so, um, I'm not going to get into it here, but Google SEO and there will be so much information that pops up. Yeah. So I, and a tip on that, I was self-taught kind of, but I took online courses. Um, Udemy, U-D-E-M-Y is like Mm -hmm. an online portal. Um, and they have like thousands and thousands of classes you can take. And that's what I did. Um, so I just bought some SEO classes, wait for them to have a sale. They have it like every other day and it's 15 bucks for the class. Um, so I took like multiple SEO classes and like really, focused and like learned. And that's when I was like, Oh, it makes a big freaking difference. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was in, um, I worked in SEO before, like for my five job before I went full-time into my business. So that's the only reason I'm somewhat aware of what's going on with that. But yeah, if you don't know, you don't know, like you hear the words SEO, you're like, what the hell is that? And it changes. Like when I first got into it in like 2010, there was like black hat SEO and white hat SEO and like Google would take things down and, you know, keyword stuffing and like all of these things. Yeah. So it has progressed to be more like authentic and like being yourself versus like typing in words like whale, whale watch, whale watch British Columbia in yes. the text versus just you writing an actual paragraph. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like the perfect example is like recipes. Like when you're searching for a recipe and you have to scroll like down a hundred paragraphs to get to the actual recipe because they're so trying to frustrating. like, I look at recipes all the time because I'm vegetarian now. And so I'm like relearning different yeah. things and I'm always like scrolling. I'm like, God, like, give me the freaking recipe. Like put all that at the end if you yes. must, but like, <laughs> it's yeah. like listening to a podcast and there's like ads all the way through it <laughs> versus just in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So yeah, learning that and, you know, I've gotten lucky. I rank for like number one for a couple posts. Um, and that brings in like a huge chunk of my traffic, but, um, yeah, now that I know, and like, I like 
build my entire post around SEO. So yeah. that was huge. So when you say you're bringing in traffic, does, how do you monetize that? Like, how did you know, like, okay, I'm getting this amount of traffic. I need to like, what did you do when you saw that traffic coming in? Yeah. So a big, most of my income besides partnerships on Instagram and stuff is affiliate income. So basically if you go to my website and click something that I posted and it takes you to Amazon and you buy it, I get a percentage of it. Um, Another way is ads. I have not fully um, optimized for ads on my website. I don't really know how, and I like have a hard time trusting web developers to help me um, Mm -hmm. because I had a really bad experience one time. And so I had a bad experience with a web developer. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So I don't want it to turn into like ad city where you can't even like read half the content. I hate that. Um, But I definitely like should be banking more from ads. Um, I, you know, my traffic just increased this past year. So I haven't joined like Mediavine, which is an ad network. um, And I don't really even know how to put it in. Like I'm not technical with the website. Um, but that's another way that you can like really monetize traffic and I need to be doing better. That's on my like to-do list for the next, for this quarter to like get that going. But, um, yeah, so affiliates ads, you know, sponsored posts. Um, those are the main, main ways. I feel like you, you know, you make a blog and then all of a sudden it starts getting traffic and you're like, okay, now how do I monetize that? And that's where your skill level comes in. Yeah. Where the technicalities of knowing all these things or hiring someone who does know all these things. Cause I feel like people do gain traffic. They go viral on one post and then they're like, uh, now what? (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. I like surprise, surprise. I have a spreadsheet of every blog post I have. Sorry. And then I have like, uh, if I have affiliate links, if it's monetized, if it's SEO optimized and I like go through and try and at least have an affiliate link or something in every single post. Mm-hmm. I don't have it for all of them, but I try to include something or a link to another affiliate post. Um, so thinking that way, um, I was, I'm lucky that my posts that like really rank are um, like properties like Airbnbs. And so Airbnb did have an affiliate program. Um, and it was the, it was doing so well, but it was the reason I decided to go full time. And then oh, the next really? month or one of the reasons. Yeah. Um, and then the next month they closed it. So. Oh shit. And they just yeah. had like no more, like, do you think it was because you were getting paid too much from it or honestly? Yes. Not me. It didn't just, it was like, it closed for everyone. They still yeah. are paying out what I owe. So I'm like, okay, you know, but to be honest, it was crazy. They were paying 30%. And which is nuts. You can try and do the math on, on that one. Honestly, if they had just lowered it, lowered it to even like 2%, 3%, which is what, uh, VRBO does. Like it would have, yeah, I don't know. Cause I went in and I know every other travel blogger changed every link I could to VRBO or like I dropped Airbnb, like on a lot of them, just because I was like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, it's so it's like it reminds me of Apple Podcasts. So Spotify is paying to get all these podcasts off of Apple. Yeah. But Apple doesn't even give a shit because they're so big that they're like, I'm not even going to compete 
because everyone already knows who I am. So I feel like that's what Airbnb is doing. It's like, okay, go, yeah, go to VRBO. Like, I don't care because everyone, we're the one, we're the originals. Yeah. And that's a, yes, it's so frustrating. Cause like the posts, like people do really well or the posts that do well, it's like people search for cool Airbnbs. And yeah. I'm like, well, I don't want to include an Airbnb. I want to include VRBO, but I still want to call it Airbnb because it'll, people will find it on yeah. search. And it's just like, uh, but that you know, very shitty that they did that. At least did they know a warning? Like it's going to f- like fade out in a month, one month. Yeah. They're like, it's going to end. They still have to pay you out everything you're owed. So um, I'm still getting checks from them every month, but it's like slowly getting less and less because people aren't booking anymore. Um, but yeah, it's such a bummer. <laughs> Do they have any other affiliate programs or just nothing anymore? Yeah, nothing anymore, which again, you know, I, I'm a small, I wouldn't consider myself a huge blogger, but I was bringing in 600 bookings for them a month and, you know, multiply that by, you know, a hundred plus yeah. other travel blog- or thousands of other travel bloggers that probably went and changed their links. Like if they were smart, they'd go find the VRBO counterpart link or whatever. Um, that's a lot of, yeah. that's a lot of like bookings lost. So I don't wow. know. I'll get off my soapbox on that one. That one's so No, I'm mad. really glad you brought that up because I had no idea that they were even paying, like had an affiliate program at all. And now that kind of makes sense because you do see, well, did see, a lot of people really pushing Airbnbs and that was great. You know, Airbnb owners are small businesses in themselves. Yeah. So it was really a lot of small business owners supporting small business owners. So that's kind of a shame. Yeah. And you know, it was during the pandemic. They, I think they launched it a year ago, May in May. So in 2020, I didn't find out about it until October. Um, so like I really started going in, in October about it. Um, so they didn't even have it for a year, but yeah, I mean, it does support so many small businesses and, you know, like during the pandemic, that was huge because people were trying to do cool stays, like staycations, anything they could because we couldn't really travel. Um, so yeah, it is a big bummer that they're changing, but hopefully like, at least I've found a lot of, uh, properties have it listed on BRBO as well. So I went and changed my links and I still link to the Airbnbs. Like if there's not, and it just hurts every time that someone books, then I'm like, well, I can't see the bookings anymore, but it's like, damn it. So is there a way for the property to give you a kickback if they wanted to? Um, I, I, it have to, they would have to like have a code or a tracking link. Um, and if it's going through Airbnb, like, I don't know how they would track that anymore. Cause like mine was being tracked by my links. Um, but if they have like their own website, maybe. Um, cause I mean, like I refer a ton of people to like a lot of different, um, properties around Texas. And so it's like, we should be making a little fun that, yeah. <laughs> but you're right. Like there might be, I don't know. I'd have to figure out how to do that. Yeah. Or maybe reach out to the property and be like, Hey, I know I'm sending you a bunch. I want to keep doing that, but I need to make sure it's financially stable for me too. Yeah. If they use a code, mention me, whatever, will you give me X amount? Maybe like you could do something like that. Yeah. That's a good point. I probably will. Sometimes it's, it's the bigger properties and they're like, I don't need you. (laughs) Yeah, that is true. Like they're still finding me no matter what. Yeah. But, um, it's a good point. Like I definitely should reach out to some because it was great. Like I loved being able to see the bookings um, from my 
Well, it's like, that's your ROI. Like how else do you measure your ROI? Yeah. Like that's, you know, like for me, like when I right hand someone and then I text them next day, like, Hey, do you love your tan? Yeah, I do that. I need that gratification. Yes. You know? Like I need to know that people are satisfied. So it's like for you, I need to know people are booking. Like what am I posting? Yeah. Is it working? Like, do people care? Yeah, definitely. And I love getting feedback like that. Like I got this because of you or like I booked to this place because of you. Like I love hearing that. It makes like whole day. I save screenshots of those like in a folder <laughs> on my, in my Google drive. And I like, if I'm like getting imposter syndrome or whatever, feel bad, I'll go through and look at all my compliments. <laughs> yes. I love that. You know, yeah. got to do what you got to do. That's a good idea. Me I too. get that too. I should, I should screenshot it. You should. It like, it really does help. Cause I definitely will get imposter syndrome occasionally. You know, I'm an Enneagram three. So I'm like a perfectionist and, um, it really helps you know, to remember why you're doing it. Like when people are like, this really helps me and blah, blah, blah. Um, and yeah, so I really love that. And it's been like growing more and more, like more and more people are DMing me lately, like asking about travel stuff or just like random. And mm-hmm. I love that. I love helping people. Um, that's been great. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So we've talked a little bit about your niche, but, um, so what do you say are like your top, like three sectors that you go into or is um, it literally random? Um, so travel's number one, I would say for sure. Um, I do some like health workout stuff. It kind of comes in phases. I loved your treadmill stuff. Yes. Yeah. So I do that. Um, I haven't been working out in the mornings. I haven't been posting them. I've been like getting a new schedule. And so I work out at like 11 now and I'm like, people are going to be like, who is she? I'm not at 4am. Um, but yeah, I like, like fitness and I like the working out. Um, a couple of my keto posts do really well. I'm not doing keto anymore um, or right now, but people loved that. Um, and then I'm starting like to do a wedding. I just now I'm starting to do some wedding stuff. And so I'm excited to write about that because I'm like super organized and planning everything myself. So yeah. Um, and other than that, mostly traveled though, still. Mm. Yeah. And so what platform did you start blogging on? Uh, so I have a WordPress. Okay. Um, I've had it since the start again, like I, we, we had to get it for a class project. Um, and so I had it and just kind of converted it into one job and adventure. Um, and then I started Instagram on my personal account. So, you know, I started with over a thousand from like friends and stuff, um, so that was a little bit easier than starting from absolutely zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So those are the two that I really focused on. So you don't have another personal, like this is the only, you only have one Instagram account. Yep. Wow. I feel like most people have like a, a Finsta. <laughs> they do have a Finsta. I know. No, I, you know, I might, I might get one or I might make one, especially like after we get married and like mm. whatever, because Alex is pretty private and doesn't like to be, you know, tagged and everything and on my blog. And I totally respect that. Um, so I might do a more private Finsta, but it's just like, it's another account to keep up with. I know. And so I'm like, I feel like my perfectionist tendencies are like trying to plan my grid would come out and I'm like, this is your personal Instagram. It doesn't matter, but I know we'll I see. have like three accounts that I do just for myself and it's overwhelming. It's like, yeah, I only really care about the sunless Ray account 
and the, my personal, I'm starting to care a little bit more about and my don't call me girl boss one. It's like, I just post, I, it's too much. It's like, yeah. I can't just be on all of these platforms and posting and coming up with content, making sure they yeah. all look good. It's a lot of work. I would be doing that all day. Yeah. Yeah. I get total like, or I did get when I was planning all social media for my past job, we'd get total burnout. Um, so like, if I don't feel like posting for the day, I just don't, I skip, you know, for Instagram, I'm just like, you know what? I'm not going to like force myself to do this. And like, it helps, like it helps with that mindset, but it's like, I can do it when I want, not have to. (laughs) Yeah. So that's a good point. We didn't really talk about. So you come back from Australia you're still blogging. You're not sure you kind of transform it into more than just, um, travel blogging, but then how does your full-time job come back into the picture? So I, let's say I moved back and started my full-time job in September of like 2017, I guess. Um, and I just went like ghost silent basically on Inst, not totally silent on Instagram or blogging. Um, but I really like just didn't post that much because I was so focused on my new job. And I was like, I, I don't even know what else to post. Um, yeah. So it was kind of a hard transition. Um, truly. I think, when did I start again? I don't know. I would do like random posts here and there. And then, um, I got a press trip to, Napa, California that following, um, May, that was my first time anyone had like flown me anywhere and that kind of reinvigorated everything. And then How a couple months later, do you have at that point, I had in the thirties, 30,000, oh. I came back from Australia with probably around between 20 and 30,000. I can't remember. Um, so you grew quite a bit out there. Yeah. Oh, wow. okay. Yeah. That's when it was like a lot easier to grow. I can't remember. Maybe I had, I know I had over 20. Um, you know, it took me about five months to hit 10 and then it just kind of started to snowball after that. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like once you hit 10 K it's so much easier. So much I easier. just recently hit 10 K on sunless Ooh. rig. Yeah. Oh, God, I've been working for like seven years for that, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, once you hit it, like a week later, I hit 11 K and it's just so bizarre. Cause I was like, I was working so hard to get a hundred followers. And just to gain that much in a week, it's like, people thought I was buying my followers. Cause it yeah. looks like that, but it's once you hit 10 K, it's just different. It's different. You seem more legit, which yeah. is not always the case. Um, but yeah, so I, and I wasn't monetizing, like paid anything, um, at 30 K I had no idea that you could even do that. Um, it wasn't until I got back and like, was integrated, like became part of the blogging community in Austin that people were like, you can get paid for that. Stop posting for free. Telling you Thank that. you. That's exactly. <laughs> like literally how you said it is how she would say it. Yeah. And she and I weren't even friends until like a year later, but I like slowly started to realize, oh, people get paid for this. Like I don't have to post this watch three times in exchange for the watch. Like, <laughs> like we all did as bloggers starting out, but um, yeah, I, I had no idea. I, I wasn't in any kind of blogger community in Australia. Um, I was totally on my own and I just, everyone was pretty like anyone I interacted with online was like pretty hush hush about like sharing like info. And it was like very, seemed kind of competitive at the time. Um, 
so the community here was huge and it helped me learn so much. And yeah, that's when, how did you figure out what pricing you should charge through like other people, honestly, okay. like figuring out, you know, what others were charging and then kind of like calculating on up. Um, and then also like how brands would pitch kind of based on like that. Um, and then, you know, if it was a bigger brand, I'd try for a little bit more and then I'd get a little bit more and then I'd like slowly go a little bit more. And so, yeah, I've kept my price about the same for the past like two years. I haven't really been growing that much. Um, I went through and cleaned out like a ton of followers. Like I deleted like three or 4,000 followers over the past year. It was just like these like bot looking accounts. Mm -hmm. Um, I, yeah, I did a giveaway, like one of those big loop giveaways. And I think a lot of those, like one time, a lot of the followers are fake. I have not done one since. Um, and so I was like, just clearing those out because I, I don't want those followers. Like they're not doing anything for you. Um, cause it brings down so. your engagement rate, right? It does. Yeah. And engagement already sucks right now. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So I've been about the same for the past two years. Um, now probably a year and a half, but I'm okay with it. Like I, the followers that I am gaining are like actually, um, interacting, like my story views have gone way up. So I'm, you know, I'm trying to like, yeah, I'm trying to focus less on numbers. So I kind of love that Instagram is letting you hide your follower. I mean, your uh, number like count right now. Um, cause it takes like less pressure off a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like I can share like, yeah, I feel like less pressure with that. Do you feel like you have to reach out to brands or do you let them all reach out to you? So when I was working full time, I just let them reach out to me except for travel. Like if I was going to be going somewhere, I'd reach out to that, a hotel or a property and be like, Hey, um, but now like I'm having, I need to like start pitching. And, um, so I've been like working on my media kit and getting pricing and packaging and all the things. Um, so I'm going to need to start doing that more. Um, have you done it yet or are you in the works in the works? So like, I, I will apply to things like I'll get emails that say, you know, apply to this brand's campaign and you no, know, get, I get things like that, but I haven't like cold reached out to brands and been like, let's work together, pay me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so that's a new thing that I am figuring out. And you yeah. know what I heard was a good trick that someone told me is to not be yourself. So make an alias. Yes. I want to do that. I want to like make an assistant account Yes, and like so fight smart. for myself. Cause like, Cause it, it makes it not awkward for you. Yes. Even though yeah. it is you. Yeah. But it's like, I'm not being pushy. My assistant yeah. is, or like, my agent you know, is. Chelsea just really needs this amount. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I mess up and I'm like, I mean, or I say like, I need this. I mean, she does. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. yeah, I, if I were you, that's what I would do. Cause it would make me feel less uncomfortable. It's like, it's, I'm just doing my job, sir. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, I think I will, but I like my email right now is one adventure at Gmail. So I don't like know what email. Um, I think it's, um, through Google that you can create like a business suite or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And your domain and just do like, hello. At I know I need to, 
but then I have to switch my Gmail to you that new one. To your, oh, yeah. So you're not having to have like two a lot. Emails. Yeah. I know, but it might help in the long run. They're like, ooh, this girl is professional. <laughs> I know it totally will help. And I should have done it like three years ago, but no, yeah. it's okay. You're figuring it out now. That's all that yeah. matters. Yeah. Um, so how do you take most of your photos? Do you have your fiance? Shelby takes most of my photos. Fo- oh, okay. I would say, you know, right now I don't have that many campaigns, but if it's a campaign kind of thing, 90% of the time Shelby and I will shoot together. Um, I do shoot with a tripod a lot too, if it's in my yeah. house. Yeah. yeah. I, I kind of like it because it's like less pressure sometimes. I prefer to have Shelby. Shelby's my number one choice, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have her tripod. Um, my fiance is pretty good too. Like I'll just be like, all right, stay here and click the button and I'll set it up for him. Um, and he's super patient with it. So like while we're traveling, he does most, he does all my photos and he does a good job. Um, yeah, that's, that's the most, I used to work, um, more with the photographer Shelly, but she moved to Washington. So I don't have her anymore, but she was great too. But yeah. other than that, that's about it. <laughs> and then how do you do your filter on your, do you have a specific one that you use on each one? Yeah. So I use Visco for filters. Um, I think it's like G6, G7, something like that. And then I mess with it a little bit too, to like per photo. Um, it works best with like sunny, bright photos. Um, but the longest time I was trying to figure out my signature Mm-hmm. you know, editing thing. And when I was traveling in Europe two years ago, I like, it looked good on every single photo. And I was like, this is the one. So it's kind of got those golds and the blues that pop. I like it. Yeah. I haven't grown tired of it yet. And it's been two years. So that says a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta, like switch it all up. But so when you were in Australia and you first started gaining followers, how did you think that you did that? Were you engaging with other accounts? Was it hashtags? Yeah. Hashtags engaging with other accounts. Um, and when you say engaging with other accounts, was it like accounts like yours or just random followers? It was like, I knew there were like accounts like mine and I'd go engage with their followers so that they would see me. Um, I was in like engagement pods too. So like with other bloggers and help and like comment and stuff, um, other travel bloggers. So that's where I kind of like networked. Um, just like following people that were like me or that I thought would like me. Um, yeah, it was a lot easier back then. Um, yeah, now it's like, there's so much more competition or not, I don't mean competition, but so many more accounts. Um, yeah. And like, sometimes it's just so much to content to consume. Like I don't sit on Instagram that much and just scroll. It's like, I just, yeah, I don't know, but yeah. Yeah. It's just changing. It's just different, mm-hmm. but there's still tons of people on it. It's just, yeah. Do you find, um, you started creating TikToks, right? Are you posting on TikToks yes. or just reels? I post on TikToks. Yeah. Um, TikTok, I feel like less pressure because my account's smaller and like, if I post something and it gets 200 views, it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have had like several go viral and that's where the majority of my followers come from. So I love that for TikTok because like if you put in good content and it goes viral, like you get those followers. Whereas Instagram, like I haven't had something go viral in forever. 
And I like, I put- had something recently go viral and that's how I gained oh. a thousand followers. And it was super random. I've never, ever had that happen. Yeah. And it was about hot girl summer. It was on my sunless Ray account and I crossed it out and I put like healthy girl summer. Um, yeah. Like whatever. And like five different other things. And it went viral and I got like 12,000 likes and like 36,000 people sent it to each other. Wow. Which was, I was shocked. Like yeah. I'm still shocked. I'm like, it's just, I feel like it's so random. It's yeah. There's no rhyme or reason. Like, okay. I no. guess that was what's popular. It's almost summertime. Everyone's talking about hot girl summer, I guess. And I think it's because it was an opinion. Yeah. But like, what do you, how do you create that? It's such a random thing. Yeah. I get like on my travel ones, like when I do travel wrecks, like those do pretty well, they get a lot of saves, but I feel like people aren't liking things as much, you know, like I'll share something to my story and I'll be like, oh, I didn't even like this, but like, you know, like I just forgot to like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I feel like right now, like graphics are like, so are, are the ones that are like going viral and yeah, it's just like so not random. what I normally post. Yeah. So I haven't really ventured into that. And I'm like, I don't, I, I know I what know. are you supposed to have? Like, I feel like it looks like a weird account, you know, like a phony little gra- like quote yeah. about travel. Like, what are you supposed to do? <laughs> what am I going to do with, you know, like, yeah. And I, I guess you could do some kind of infographic, you do, like your number one travel tip or something. That's true. Something like that. But I'm like, then it's on my feed and it's like, <laughs> I know that's the issue. It's on your feed. Um, I'm a freak about that. It kind of just like flows. Cause it's a different kind of thing. It's not my personal, like me yeah. posting a life quote. I live by, you know, like live, yeah. laugh, love as a quote on my feed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I need to like get, I feel like the infographics are the way to go, but I just don't necessarily want that on my feed. <laughs> no, that's the issue, but who knows? So you did share your veneer journey and I love that you shared that. I felt like it was so vulnerable of a post for you. Like I can feel when I watched your stories, like the uncomfortability that you had with it. And I honestly never thought it looked that bad, (laughs) but, (laughs) um, what made you want to start sharing that? I know that probably wasn't easy. Um, I am still blown away by that. I like literally, I shared the first time, like when it, when this one broke, just like randomly, I don't even know why I shared it on my story and it got like a lot of views and then it like turned into this ordeal like <laughs> at the beginning and like people were really engaging in it and it was like one of my most viewed stories. And I was like, oh, I was into it. I was like, I didn't know how this ends. Why are people watching this? And then as the saga continued, people are like, oh my God, I'm invested. Oh my God, I'm invested. I was so invested. then like, yeah, I get that. I like people that I don't know will come up to me and be like, I'm so sorry about your veneers. Like they look so good now, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> but I'm like, I had no idea like that people were going to care and then people did. And so I kept sharing it. Cause I was like, well, people are at like, okay. And then it turned into even more of a saga. The other one fell off. And then I second one fell off on vacation. Then like the whole thing, it has been a freaking ordeal. Um, yeah, but it never like the one in the back that was off for so long, you couldn't really tell this one. You could like, it wasn't awful, but you could tell, um, but now I've got my temps and I love them. 
Um, and I'll get the permanent ones in like three weeks. So, and so none have cracked or anything. You're good. The temporaries are like one, um, it's like one piece basically like just put up like a bridge. Um, so like I, it would take a lot for these to like come off or crack or whatever. Um, so the real thing will be the permanents, which Dr. Patel is actually doing full crowns instead of veneers. Um, because my original doctor took so much tooth away that there's really not that much to grab onto. Um, have you reached if, out to them or do they see, what, follow you on Instagram? I have not. Um, they know about the first ones coming off. Like the first one fell off within six months. I was in Fiji snorkeling in the middle of the ocean and it came off. That was horrifying. Um, I literally have had nightmares over the past, like six years. I've had them of like my teeth crumbling out of my mouth. Like it's an anxiety dream. It sucks. There's a lot of dreams. <laughs> I've had dreams about, um, my teeth falling out in my dreams yes. and it actually correlates to something. I don't have that dream anymore, but it was like, I was like worried about something. So it's an anxiety. Of- yeah. yeah. So like for normal people, it's like an anxiety thing, but for me, it's like the anxiety of the teeth. So <laughs> it's like double yeah. anxiety. Um, but he knew about those. My family still sees him as a general practitioner, like dentist. Um, I have considered emailing. I just haven't like worked up the courage to be like, yo, mm-hmm. I feel like you need to refund me. Cause I feel like they're not going to, but I really should try. I don't yeah, know. Maybe not even as a re maybe don't even come in as a refund, but just be like, I just want to let you guys know. Yeah. No. And then maybe like the second email come back with the refund, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So they're not like, oh my gosh, this girl's just emailing for a refund and then be like, yeah, you know, I wish I could get some money back. Yeah. I mean, cause it sucks. Like I, yeah. you know, I went the cheap route the first time, not cheap, but like, you know, he offered me a discount. I had no idea. And now I'm having to pay double to get them properly done again. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I've seen that doctor you worked with has worked with some other bloggers too. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what, viral on TikTok or something? Yeah, he has like 1.7 million followers on TikTok. It's gone up like 200,000 um, because I think they had a viral video that happened to be my teeth. <laughs> Did you, you see my stories on that? No, I didn't. So no, I went and like last week for my follow-up and I was like, I took a photo of when all of my veneers were off. It was terrifying. He's like, oh yeah, we posted that on uh, TikTok. And I was like, no, no. Like, I mean, like when these were in, he's like, yeah. And I was like, what? So I go and look, because I'm telling you, like, they look horrifying, truly horrifying because I'm missing this one completely. So it's like a metal stake. This one's like not even there. And he literally, my original dentist ground them down so much. They look nutso, like truly horrifying. And my gums are all red and dark um, because of the lasering. And you can't tell it's me. I'm not tagged, but it has like 12 million views, 12 million. Great. And people are like commenting these terrible things. I went on a rant last week because I saw them and it made me feel really bad, but it was like, this girl doesn't, or this guy, they thought it was a dude. Like like, everything I know doesn't know how to brush their teeth and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, and one of them was like, I'm glad Jason from Friday or whatever, Friday, the Friday, the 13th got his teeth yeah. fixed. God, but I'm I remember like, DMing you and being like, people. Yes. Suck. Yes. Yeah. So I'm like, listen, 
this is not because I don't brush my teeth, asshole. Like, yeah. I genetically am missing one. Um, but I'll be sure to tell my DNA that you have a problem with it. Like, yeah, I would be like, yeah. I would love to see your teeth and your teeth schedule and your routine. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, it's nuts. Um, but yeah, the haters on TikTok are real. I don't think I, I've heard some horror stories. That's not that bad. It's not even like my face, but I've heard some horror stories and I don't deal with the haters very well. So yeah, I got some hate on my hot girl summer post and really, yeah, it was from, um, the black community. And they were saying I was hating on a Megan stallion quote. Oh, and it sucked. It was like, uh, how is this even going there? Like, this is about positivity. Yeah. And I was getting really upset last week because I was like oh, really proud I'm of sorry. it going viral. But then, yeah. you know, of course there's bad parts of anything going viral. And I was talking to my boyfriend and he was like, you need to just delete everything. Don't respond and block people who are tagging you on their stories. Cause I was getting people be like, tagging sunless ray and being only like two or three accounts out of all of it yeah it really wasn't that big but to me one account would have been enough yeah and so i, oh, I would have yeah and i was like that there was no intent of anything being bad or talking bad yeah. about that community i'm like i it's just crazy how something online can be taken just so differently and then yeah. you just get attacked for it yeah. It's like something, your perception isn't always the only perception. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it is crazy. There's so many opinions and so many, like, well, it kind of opened my eyes to people like you and who have accounts that get a lot of views. And I was like, I can't even imagine that the stuff in, in your DMS or in the comments, like, how do you deal with it? It's yeah. crazy. The audacity people have to say on social media. Yeah. Luckily, I don't get very many um, for whatever reason. I don't post much on like controversial or like big opinion things. Yeah. Um, it, I just, I'm not comfortable with it because I'm like, you know what? Your opinion is your opinion. You do you. I, you know, I'm not going to force my opinion on someone as long as you're not hurting anyone. Mm -hmm. It's your, like, I, it's not my, my job here to like, form your opinion on things. Um, so I feel like I avoid some of that feedback. Yeah, no, um, I, for, I for sure avoid all of that. I don't talk about anything about my opinions, but I don't even think hot girl summer would be triggering. Like I thought it was pretty like hot girl summer means a hot girl in a bikini posting on social media. That's yeah. Twerking, like literally make the stallion is twerking and being like hot girl summer activated. And yeah. so I'm like, how am I taking this wrong? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And healthy, like healthy girl. Like that's great. Like that's such a positive. Exactly. And I'm such like a small account, like to imagine other accounts. And I'm like, this is, I'm just like a tiny, tiny, like micro fraction of like what anyone cares about. Yeah. Like, I think about bigger accounts and I'm like, there's just no way. Yeah. It's, it's not, especially on TikTok. Like they're vicious, <laughs> vicious. <laughs> I think it's because they're all really young. Right. I guess. I don't, I don't know. I truly, I, I know I went on a rant last week about this, but I do not get like what satisfaction they get out of leaving a comment. Like and that's a lot of work. You have to click it, go to it, type it, send it. It's not like, yeah. Like 
are you sitting at your computer and like, you're like, haha, I just got her so good. I feel so much better about myself. I think so. I, I, I guess I truly cannot understand. I would never, I would never put someone, I don't know. But I've never hated on anyone's posts like ever. Me. It's weird. Yeah. Me neither. I, yeah. <laughs> I can't, but, um, okay. So what do you say is your number one social media tip? Um, I would say to not worry about the numbers as much and like post things that bring you joy and like are authentic to you. Um, and to try and worry a little bit less about like how things look, I am saying to myself, um, because like, definitely it takes a while for it to catch on and, um, yeah, just being authentic. And I know that word is thrown around a ton, but like posting true to you and then, you know, being vulnerable actually helps a ton. Like it helps grow that, you know, trust. Like if you're vulnerable, your audience kind of trusts you more. I've learned from my whole veneer story. Um, so those are my like, and just to try not to get too caught up in like the numbers game of like how many followers you have, how many likes you have. Um, because, you know, I've got posts that got like hardly any likes, but then I had like five people be like, this was so helpful. I booked this the next day or whatever, you know? So, um, I would say measure your success in more of like those kind of little anecdotes Mm -hmm. or how you're helping people as versus how many likes you're getting on a post. Yeah. That's really good advice and helps people who are just starting out too. Yeah. Cause it's hard. Like we all, we all feel it like so many. Yeah. Imposter syndrome is real. Like the comparison, like, oh, try not to do that industry, whether you're a blogger, a spray tanner, a lash tech, it's literally the same in every industry. Even if you're working for a corporate job, you're comparing yourself to your coworkers. It's just the way the world works. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. So I'm trying to like be better about that. (laughs) Yeah, me too. So (laughs) let me know what more advice you have. Yeah. (laughs) I'll let you know when I figure it out. (laughs) Yes. So also I wanted to ask you, so there, I've heard a lot of people saying like, you don't need a blog anymore. You can just do micro blogs on your caption. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I disagree with that. Uh, If to some extent, some people can get away without having a blog. And I think that's great Um, for me and like especially fashion bloggers, I think probably don't need a blog anymore. Like you can share the majority of your content in an outfit post, you know, reward style, whatever. Um, but for travel personally, I like to give a lot of detail, um, in like what I recommend and what I write about that I just can't do into an Instagram post. Um, you know, I share a lot of like packing lists that again, you can't do, on Instagram really. Um, and as far as monetizing goes, like my blog, you know, a post that I wrote two years ago is making money and I'm not doing anything right now, you know? So like, I think blogs are great. I think it's great passive income, whereas Instagram's a little bit more act, well, a lot more active. Um, so I still am a fan of the blog. I'm putting more time into my blog. Um, another reason is because it, I own it, you know, like, Instagram could decide tomorrow that they don't want to run their account and delete the entire thing. And then all of your work is gone. Like, so yeah, I like having a blog to have all of my, it's mine. I control it. 
and it does make me passive income, whatever, whenever, you know, it's not as much. (laughs) Oh yeah. I don't, I don't think, I think for like fashion, like people don't necessarily like go and read fashion posts, but I think, or at least I don't, but I think for travel, for recipes, I mean, you said you're still looking up at recipes. Yeah. Well, I read, um, Courtney Kardashian's blog, all the yeah. time, Koosh, but I like, yeah. love like health and wellness. So like, I love, I love to read hers. Yeah. Um, but I mean, she's one of the biggest celebrities out there and I'm reading her damn blog. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like blogs are more searchable versus like Instagram. Yeah. You can search by hashtags, but anyone could put whatever hashtag, yeah. like you could hashtag Austin and you get a naked photo of some, you know, like a whatever, but with Google and all of that, you can like get more, it's like better targeted or SEO. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So then what would you tell someone who wants to get into blogging? I would tell them to like, learn the basics first, take a course, invest in a course. Um, even if it's on like Udemy and it's $15, um, truly learn instead of trying to go back, um, cause it's a lot harder. That's what I did. I was like, Oh, I'll figure it out as I go along. And that doesn't work. Like, I wish I'd known what I, I knew this year or from the last year when I first started, because when I, I literally have, you know, I hit a million views on my blog and half of that is this year alone. Wow. So you know, it makes a difference. SEO is real, real. (laughs) Um, yeah. So that would be my biggest is to learn first. And I, I'm the classic person that doesn't read instructions when I like I'm setting something up. So maybe it's a me thing. Most people might do that, but I would definitely say like, do your research. Um, don't get discouraged. And I do think having a, a niche when you start out does probably help a lot. Um, and then kind of expanding. Yeah. I have seen a lot of accounts start niche and then they do expand. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a lot easier to do that versus the opposite. Um, but that's just my opinion on it. Yeah. And where do you see yourself a few years from now? I think I eventually want to launch a product. Um, something I have a lot of different ideas. I just don't know how to get it started kind of thing. Um, so yeah. Until I kind of get that. Fully what is formed. it like the realm of product, like beauty, wellness? Um, probably like travel related, mm-hmm. um, maybe a little fashion, like not like a clothing line, but like travel related fashion stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that would be I have like, you know, ideas and I started some, but it just like kind of didn't really work. And so I've kind of taken a step back while I've been transitioning, Um, but in the meantime, like, I'm just going to keep focusing on my blog and my Instagram because whenever I'm ready to launch something, like having that following already is going to be like incredibly valuable. And yeah. So until I figure out what that is, (laughs) just going to keep, keep working on that and I'm enjoying it again. So I feel like I did mine opposite. I built my business account and now I'm realizing I need to work on my personal as well. Yeah. I worked with an influencer. And I don't know, for whatever reason, I think it was her following, like the niche, like the mom bloggers crush it. It's ridiculous. I gained 500 followers from her for spending her once. Wow. Insane. And I was like, okay, if this girl can do it, I need to start doing this for myself. Yeah. It's crazy. But 
I think it's just like that mom blogger niche and like self tanning mousse. Like, I don't know. It's just something like the stars aligned and I was like, yes. holy crap. So yeah, That's having awesome. a personal built out is very beneficial because no matter what you choose to do down the road, you have a platform. You've got a platform. From yeah. Starting from zero. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Especially when you don't know what you want to do. It's like, just be you yeah. until you figure it out. Yeah. Well, so. thank you so much for spending an hour. Thank you again for choosing to listen to another episode of Don't Call Me Girl Boss. I would really, really appreciate your support by subscribing on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on Apple, you can leave us a review. I would sincerely appreciate it. And to see who um, the 